Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 231 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Uh, we're here to preview week 20 in the CFL here this evening. Ryan and Trey here with you tonight. Uh, Adam was going to be here, but uh, had to cancel last minute because, honestly, if you listen to last week's show, I think... I think the riders just broke him, but uh, uh, no, he had a last minute thing come up. But Trey is here with me tonight as usual. How are you doing, Trey? Fantastic, man. Great. You know, it's a warm day, really warm day, weird day today. Little, I, you know, we're talking off show about our kids. I know you had a thing. I thought I lost my kid today. Like I didn't, he, he wasn't there at the end of the school day and I was so mad and it's just because he sometimes goes to daycare, so I have to take this van to daycare or whatever. It was a mix up. I found him, but I mean, I just miss the days when kids could just walk to school, you know? <laughs> like, I just, they walk to school, ride the bike. Who cares if their uncle that the teachers never met before picks them up from school? <laughs> Those were the days when we could play with rusty pieces of metal, but you know, I digress, <laughs> man. So, other than that, we're good. Almost Halloween, man. You excited? Is this your baby's first Halloween? It is my child's first Halloween, yeah. She's going nice. dressed as a strawberry this year. Ooh, nice. I got my, my, my youngest got Spider-Man. My middle one's got Ghostbusters, and my oldest got some guy from Fortnite. So I don't know. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds yeah. like... About the ages right there, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about a bunch of different storylines around week 20 in the CFL this week. We'll make our betting picks for each of the games and all of the games actually have odds this time around uh, and uh, try to find some fantasy players to watch. It's tough this week, uh, but we'll find some to talk about in there. We're also live on a variety of different platforms. Thanks to our presenting sponsor, GameTime TV, which you can learn more about at GameTimeTV.ca or on Facebook. Facebook.com slash GameTimeTVMB. We'll take your comments, take your questions in the chat throughout the night. Uh, so feel free to throw those in there as well. Uh, before we go any further, we do want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oja Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 Territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Dakota, and Métis Nation. Uh, also, before we get into the regular programming here, just a weekly reminder, if you want additional content, additional chances to chat with us between episodes, uh, check out the uh, Discord community we've got going. There's a link in the episode description. It's free to join. Uh, we've got lots of extra CFL talk, NFL talk, uh, CFL fantasy betting, etc. All that fun stuff going on there. It is free to join. Just find the link in the episode description. All right, let's preview week 20 in the CFL here, Trey. And it's, uh, it's a bit of an interesting end to the season here schedule-wise because we've got three games on the schedule this week. Three teams are on by. And same thing next week to end off the season. So final two weeks of the season, three teams on bye per week, three games only instead of four. What do you think? It's interesting, right? Like we, it's a tough one. And I mean, with a nine team league, you can only do so much, I guess. But, you know, just, I don't know. At least the games don't matter, right? You know, most of them really don't matter what there's one or two, like, First place in the West is up for grabs, and it depends between second and third in the East. That's about it, right? So, so the East is so yeah. We'll we'll take a look at the playoff scenarios as part of this topic here. Yeah. 
Um, the East is finalized. The nothing oh, right can check yeah. around in the East at this point. It's going to be Montreal hosting Hamilton East semi, and then winner goes to Toronto and Ottawa is out of it. Out West it is still a toss up for first in the West, uh, but a Winnipeg win or a BC loss this week ends that race and has Winnipeg clinching first. Basically, BC needs to win at win this week and have Winnipeg lose two in a row. Um, and then Calgary and Saskatchewan fighting for that final playoff spot. Uh, and basically if one wins and the other loses this week, the winner gets the playoff spot. Otherwise it goes to next week. And I think Calgary plays Winnipeg that week to decide things at that point. So very decent chance that everything's locked up this week or potentially maybe we get you know, some interesting football in that final game next week, but it's, it's not looking great. Yeah, not really. <laughs> Cause again, even next week, let's say Winnipeg loses and needs to win next week against Calgary, who needs to potentially win. Calgary might be going all out, but how hard do you go to get like, you know what I mean? Are you going to risk a big injury just to get a buy, you know, like too, you have to weigh that. Right. So yeah, like what's the dream outcome? Because let's take fandom out of this of individual teams. What's the dream outcome this week? I'll give you the three matchups. We've got Friday night, we've got Calgary visiting BC. That's at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Then we've got a Saturday doubleheader. The Argos go to Saskatchewan at 4 p.m. Eastern. And Edmonton comes to Winnipeg 7 p.m. Eastern. Hmm. What is the best case? I, I I think the best case scenario for interesting football here, based on these playoff scenarios, is BC beats Calgary, uh, Toronto beats Saskatchewan, so that race comes down to the final week, and then Winnipeg loses to Edmonton, so that both races out west yeah. come down to the final week of the season. Like that's kind of what we got to hope for at this point otherwise next week is going to be you know another round of preseason yeah and it's a weird situation too because like on if both teams had full rosters these are all should be blowouts like you know according to the betting lines which we'll talk about later too right but again it's how long is toronto going to start their starters will winnipeg play all like you know what i mean like how long are these guys going to go out there because again how much are you going to risk just for a buy or, you know, Calgary and Saskatchewan, 100%, right? We'll be playing, should be playing all out. But the rest, I'm like, who, you know, and, and Edmonton too. Edmonton's a tough one. You're playing for next season. How much can you play for next season? You know, like it, it's football. It, it's, t- I don't know. It's, it, it's kind of weird how it's still very interesting, right? Even though the games kind of don't matter. Like it, there's a lot to think about. Yeah, that's what's driving me nuts from the yeah. fantasy perspective this week is figuring out who's going to play the full game the final two weeks down the stretch for their respective teams and, and you know, who's going to get in for those opportunities. So I think it's, yeah, there is still some intrigue uh, in the final two weeks of the season and it, it is fun late in the year to see some of these guys who have been backups haven't really gotten the opportunity, you know, get a chance to shine potentially. Because I'll say, like, going back to last year, we were at the final couple weeks where the games didn't matter too much either, and we saw some guys. One of the guys I remember seeing kind of lighted up in the final few weeks of the season that wouldn't have gotten a chance otherwise was Terry Godwin of the Ticats, I believe, last year. Looked really good down the stretch, and now we've seen him be arguably their second best, if not at times best receiver 
this season and get more of a chance there. So uh, it it is a bit of an insight into these guys that in maybe a different category than we get early on in training camp if you're looking towards next year. But uh, yeah, it's not as exciting as it could be where, you know, it's coming down to this matchup in the final week is going to decide who's, you know, five different things for the playoffs, right? And it's unfortunate that we're at that point in the season. And that's why I kind of go back and forth on this three-game schedule. Is it good? Is it bad? Because do we want another, air quotes, meaningless football game in the final weeks? But at the same time, see, almost seems like an even slower crawl to the finish line to have two, you know, half weeks, basically. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I, I want to know what goes through their heads when they're making schedules, but like, I, I wouldn't even know how to make a schedule with an even amount of teams. Like, I would have to Google it or get some <laughs> program to do it for me. So I don't even know how they do it with nine teams and locations and all that. But yeah, six games over the last two weeks just sounds really weird to me. But like, I don't know. Because again, like, one of the best things ever is the last day of the NFL. They're all on the Sunday. Most of them are in the early window. You know what I mean? Like, there's it's all on same with baseball they start all their games the last day from what 210 to 230 so they're all ending kind of at the same time and that's crazy right that that's kind of what you want to see the last few weeks but not having teams teams having buys you know going into the playoffs is really unfootball to me but it's what happens hear me out on this if there's gonna be three games on the schedule in the final couple of weeks do one of those triple header saturdays and have them all on the same day and make a, yeah. make a bigger event out of it no, Normally, I'm not in on those as much because uh, I like spreading it out. But at this point, why not? Because it would feel like more of an event. Like, oh, yeah, nine hours of football versus, the, I don't know. It feels dis- disjointed. This yeah. Week. And I'm trying to think, like, what's really – because like, the only thing I can think of against that, too, is what's on, you know, that would prevent that. Like, is there something on Saturday – the TSN that's more important than having nine hours of CFL? Uh, yeah, good question. Like, they got the doubleheader going already. That's what I mean, because there there is UFC on, to be fair. And I know it's not big, but the, the UFC, the main the prelims are always on TSN, and they go till three. And does that not when the Argo Saskatchewan game starts? So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, And there's probably what, I'm just trying to look to see what's on Saturday for fun. But yeah, it's I don't know. I, I see what you're saying. I don't. I get the. Le- I get a not of an exciting take when foot uh, with the triple header on the CFL as I do Sunday NFL. Right? It's just it's a weird. I it's kind of different. You kind of want it spread out, right? Yeah. 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 For sure, because then it's a whole week to wait for that, and even it's gonna be sad once we get there with playoffs too, right? Where it's uh, you know after two weeks from now we're down to CFL football one day a week. Uh, um, Man, it's sad the season's ending. Oh, yes. We're, we're almost there. Uh, yeah. Very close to the end of the season there. But, yeah, three games on the schedule this week. There are still playoff implications in them, as we talked about. There are potential for more playoff implications to come in the final week of the season. Uh, and one of the big ones uh, that, you know, Adam did give us a couple of topics here, and I think we'll go to this one here next is you kind of touched on it already for these teams is how do you manage things if it's not fully solidified yet, but you kind of think it's going to be going in the playoffs. And I think the biggest case of that might be for the BC Lions 
who play the Friday night game against Calgary. They need to win this week and have Winnipeg lose to both Calgary and Edmonton to clinch first place in the West. You have to think that's probably not super likely to happen. Vernon Adams Jr. did get banged up a little bit in the last game for BC. He has been a full participant in practice all week this week, so it seems like he's a little, maybe a little more healthy now, though. But what do you do if you're a team like BC, where you technically still have a shot to get first place in the West, but it's looking probably unlikely to happen? Do you put VA in? Do you make sure he's healthy for the playoffs and start Dane Evans? What do you do in that scenario? Hmm. See, I start the starter. I start. You know, you you still have a chance. I think you have to do something now. I I would reassess. Halftime, you're up thirty or down thirty. Then that's maybe when you start thinking. If it's a competitive game at halftime, I think you still have to you know go for it. I would go with um, VA for sure because I don't know. I, I don't know, because I guess when you think about it, too, like, does BC have a bye next week? They do, yes. Well, then maybe I'd rest, because you really, like, I don't know, two weeks off sounds almost like a disadvantage, too. <laughs> so I don't know, does that go through your mind, where, ah, we don't want two weeks off. We'll play the extra game. We still get the home game for revenue sake, if, if ownership is saying something, right? So I don't know. I, I, I still think you got to, for appearance sake, at least come out with your starters for two quarters, right? And and then reevaluate. Yeah, I, I think that's from the morale perspective, I think, too. And it's not giving up necessarily either. Like Dane Evans is a capable football player that could probably lead them to a win this week over Calgary as well and the likes of that. Um, but maybe that does impact team morale a little bit where it's like, no, we still have a chance here to clinch first place in the West, which I think, I think first place in the West makes or breaks BC's season, to be honest. I, I think BC at home mm-hmm. versus BC, you know, having to come out on the road to Winnipeg uh, or and maybe Saskatchewan or Calgary beats them. Okay, so BC coming out to Winnipeg, um, you know, is is a vastly different football game to me just based on how the teams play at home and on the road. So I think it's critical for them. I think they have to go for it. And I think the answer to this question is honestly, like whatever we answer today, the outcome of whatever happens is going to be, you know, in hindsight, this was either the right or the wrong answer. Like there will be a definitive right or wrong answer probably at the outcome of the playoff or this week in the coming weeks. You know, if you start VA in this game and he gets injured and now you got to go into the playoffs without him. Well, yeah, that was probably the wrong choice. If you know, Winnipeg wins this week and it solidifies that you're finishing second. If all of a sudden Winnipeg loses and you have another chance next week, well, then it was the right decision to start VA. So there's reasons it could be the right one. There's reasons it could be the wrong yeah. one. And it's going to be a results-oriented, you know, result of this debate. Yeah. It's that tough thing. Like, I know I know, Ryan, or, um, Adam likes to remind us about one of our quarterbacks got hurt late in the game, you know, years ago. But I think he just, at some point, you just got to, like, tip your cap at that and say, you know what? Like, life just sucks. You know, like, you, you can't control it, you know you and I could just break our ankle walking down the street. And, I've done and, that. Yeah, is what I mean. We could, <laughs> we could uh, you know, we, we, um, anything could happen, you know, 
the guy could fall out of the bathtub you know and not not be set to play and va could slip out of the shower and there there goes the season anyway you know like it, it it's i think you, you're right i think you gotta go for it though you know because again let's look at it from the other way let's say the bombers decide to rest claros this weekend right as we're bomber fans and then they lose and they don't get first aren't you and i gonna kind of be looking at each other being like what the hell are you thinking and it, like when the whole city of Winnipeg's gonna be thinking that because we're not thinking about the Jets, right? So we got to, yeah, yeah got to be thinking about what the Bombers and what Osh is doing. Now, I don't think Osh would even let that happen, but you know, we would. Be, I think from a whole overall standpoint, you got to go for it. Yeah, I agree with you there, and maybe if it means because don't we have at some point in the season get a little more space on the roster as well off of the practice roster? Is that not a CFL? You, it it did, but then it resorts back. I thought I thought it was for a while after NFL cuts, and then oh, I okay. thought I saw somewhere that it slightly goes back down again, kind of thing. Like you have to pick between the NFL guys or the people you had, but I could be wrong. Right? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I was thinking, you know, maybe you start a couple of extra guys so that, yeah, you do have the opportunity to rotate them in and out yeah. uh, here and there. But, yeah, I, I think I think for the most part, we're at the point in the season now where these last two weeks, if your matchups don't matter that much, use this time to get ready for the playoffs. And that, to me, is teams like Toronto as well. You know, we talked about them rotating guys in and out and resting them. Now I think is the point in the year where you put your starters in and you play top cylinder football uh, down the stretch to get you that momentum going to the playoffs. Now, does Toronto need that momentum when they still had it despite resting guys here and there? Maybe not, but uh, you're true. That's true too because you don't want them to sit too. Because if you kind of half rest them this week, half rest them next week, then they get the full bye week off. And then they're going to be playing a team of either what Hamilton or Montreal who, yeah. you know, played a couple weeks and played hard football and deserve to come in. Like, what does that sound like? That sounds like the story of our life in the CFL. Sometimes when that third place team just gets a little hotter, they can go on a roll. Right. And Toronto doesn't want that to happen just as much as Winnipeg or BC doesn't want that to happen on the other side. Right. So, yeah, I think Toronto. See, the only thing that half concerns me is, I mean, <laughs> not much of a fight, but Saskatchewan's probably like in some ways going to put up a fight where at least next week you have Ottawa who's playing for next year. So if I had to pick one where I would go all out would be next week against Ottawa if I was Toronto. Be Toronto, you play the provincial rival, you beat the living snot out of them, you feel good about yourself, you know, you beat a bunch of guys who probably aren't even going to be on the team next year, or maybe even the CFL next year, right? And you feel good, and then you take that into into the playoffs. Where this week you go too hard, Saskatchewan. You know, maybe Adam doesn't think so, but I guess still has a chance, right? So, yeah. So in that battle, you know, talking about Saskatchewan, let's talk about Calgary here yeah. as part of it, also, because that's the scenario this week. Is these teams played each other last week and both looked absolutely awful, like. We, we joked a little about who wanted it less, and it was clear the answer was both of them uh, it, for a large portions of that football game. But Calgary gets the win. They're kind of in the driver's seat now because they've got two games left. Saskatchewan's got just one uh, here. So I think Calgary's got a bit more of an opportunity. Calgary playing BC, Saskatchewan playing Toronto, like it's do or die time for these teams, right? So which... Uh, the, 
stealing kind of one of the topics off of your list here, which, which team do you feel more confident in? You know, they've got great opponents they're going up against that, you know, can will themselves into the playoffs. Yeah. I wrote that thinking Adam was here today. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I don't want to see either of them. You know, I kind of just want to just skip, skip it and go to BC comes to Winnipeg, like, you know, in the playoffs. Let's, you really, does either one really going to look that great, you know, in the playoffs? And like, it's weird. Like we look at the standings, I just straight good chance that, you know, the East, all the teams could have at least 500 record, you know, Hamilton could get the win next week, you know? Um, oh, that's interesting. Hamilton and Montreal play each other next week and then they'll face each other the week after in the playoffs. That's kind of going to be maybe an interesting little tidbit we could talk about next week. But like, you know, like I said, um, Hamilton could be very well nine and nine. And then when was the last, like, I think I did this last time, like last week, the last time a West team had a losing record in the playoffs was like 07 or 09 or something like that. And it was the Lions. Like, it's weird to see a losing record in the West, isn't it? Weren't the Bombers uh, in their 2019 Cup run, or were they nine and nine? They were nine and nine, or ten or eight, or something. I thought because okay. they had a pretty good record. It was just that West was stacked, right? right. Like, yeah. it was. Um, I'll find it, but it was. Um, yeah, because then, then we play. Because Bombers went into Calgary. Yeah. First and then into Saskatchewan. Yeah, the bombers. The bombers finished third at eleven and seven behind oh, wow. the tw- okay. behind the twelve and six stamps and the thirteen and five Rough Riders that year. Meanwhile, uh, now we're looking at it. I mean, the Riders can finish at best seven and eleven. Yeah, and, I mean, both teams can finish at yeah, best seven ne- and eleven neither, on the season. Neither team in the West is going to be over five hundred, and Hamilton at best could be five hundred. That's wild to me. You know, to think that. You know, for how long have we been saying, oh, the East needs to get better, the East needs to get better? And I mean, if you look standing wise, Montreal isn't too much different than Winnipeg or BC. Couple losses, but you know, BC loses one, or even Winnipeg and BC kind of lose, and Montreal could win one. They're close. And then Toronto's just the beast right now. It's looking like they're going to be like, what, 15 and three, 16 and two, something like that. So, man, it's nice to see the East finally kind of look a little better. And they were getting wins against the West too, right? Like it mm-hmm. wasn't like they're just beating up on themselves. So, um, what were we talking about? <laughs> I don't want to a tangent here. We were, were talking about uh, which team, Calgary, Saskatchewan, oh. Saskatchewan, can kind of will themselves in the playoffs this it, week. It's going to be Calgary, right? Because they're still the Patriot, you know, Patriots of this league kind of crap. Where they're they're the they're the team that's somehow going to get in. And like I said, watch. There are two things that are going to happen. It's either going to be Bo goes wild. And, is Bo still playing in Hamilton, right? He didn't get hurt again. Uh, he's playing half the time. Half Weird the time. load management going Bo, on. Bo's going to get hot in November and throw for 1,000 yards just in November. <laughs> and, then, and then and then it, he's going to play Mayor in the Grey Cup. And that's going to you know, it's gonna be the big thing. Something stupid like that is going to happen. Probably. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so... I think the biggest key that might tip the scales here for Calgary is it looks like Reggie Bagleton's going to be back this week. And I think that was the biggest thing they were missing last week against Saskatchewan is that offense just had nothing. He eats up like 14 targets a game at some times. 
uh Bagleton does and without him you know they they teamed up on Mark and Michelle pretty well who's probably their next veteran and then it's a bunch of really young guys in that receiving core for the stamps so maybe having that veteran leadership back uh for them helps out a little bit I think the riders maybe you know at certain positions are, are less of a veteran group there whereas Calgary traditionally you know has a, a good number of them so I, I think it's the time of year where that's where you want those types of guys to step up here and you're gonna have to do something to motivate yourselves to get the victory which brings us to the endless saga of uh, uh, Craig Dickinson's continually mystifying press conference uh, comments and quotes uh, where he has talked about, you know, his team being tough in the playoff race here, deep in the playoff race. Uh, Dickinson did quote this week. I'm grabbing this from a three down nation article from JC Abbott. Uh, it's going to be trick, a tricky sort of scenario to get the the team motivated for this week's matchup. I think we can do it, though. We're going to focus on enjoying being together. We've got another week together, and if we can win a ball game, we make it pretty hard, darn hard for Calgary to catch us. Uh, but they do still have the tiebreaker. He then goes on to say it may be something as simple as just getting in the weight room and lifting some weight maybe heading into the bowling alley and throwing some pins, do something fun. We're in week 20 of the CFL season with a playoff spot on the line. And the coach goes and says, I don't have one negative thing to say about the the team's performance as of late. And the key here is I don't think the matchup itself can get us motivated. We have to go bowling. What? Does that not sound very Mike McDaniels? But Mike McDaniels would say it in a cool way that everyone would love him. But anyone else says it, he just sounds like an idiot. Like I don't know what he's even talking about. Is that just trying to like keep pressure off? I don't know. Talk about the stupid thing the coach said so the media doesn't worry about the players. I don't know. Has that been the maybe that's been the strategy in Saskatchewan all along? Um, I get the idea of yeah. I think you know a team outing maybe not away from practice can can help morale a little bit there but the comment that drives me nuts is not that it's going to be difficult to motivate them already like if you're having a difficult time as the coach whose main job is to motivate the players to be their best selves and design the game plan that helps them be their best selves if you can't do that in week 20 of the season why are you even here like, I know Adam wanted you to go off on the riders on his behalf tonight, but I, I got to steal a little bit of that energy here because this is insane. I I have no idea, man. I, it's like, again, as wearing the blue bomber hat, it's kind of enjoyable watching this, um, but trying to be a neutral party here on, you know, let's put this hat on for a second. Okay. Um, uh, why did I get a sudden craving for Pilsner? Um, but <laughs> it's and, yeah, and watermelon. But we, I don't know. It's I don't know. I don't know. Like it's how can you not be motivated again to play for the team that 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 is the Rough Riders? Like it's I'm not gonna lie. Like even though it would have hurt my Blue Bomber soul, which if you got the if you were playing for the Rough Riders, that would be pretty cool. You know, like that's a team that you kind of would brag about playing for. It's a great, it's a decent franchise over the years. Good stadium, just looks like a toilet. 
and good passionate fans like i don't know what more you want lower lower cost of living so you're you know $75,000 rookie check actually gets you farther you know i i just get out there and play I, i'm actually like just looking at the standings and looking at the like and then these percentages like you would have thought saskatchewan should have 70 percent chance of winning getting into the playoffs when they have a what a game or two lead a couple weeks ago but they were like 50 50 and i'm like why how is that a thing like saskatchewan should be the they should have been in the driver's seat but you're feeling almost like calgary's in the driver's seat even though they're the ones still technically half a game back and i just don't know what you there's it, there, there, to me there seems to be they're giving me very bomber feelings when we had like during our 29 year drought we just had the really bad management and Cadet Inns was falling down and we had coach, you know, we'll, we'll handle it internally comment, you know, all this crap and just never could have a winning season. And every time a new quarterback comes in, it's Willie Pig. Now, you know, that's kind of what I feel like Saskatchewan is uh, opening the chapter on a little bit. And just for Adam's sake and Ryder fans sake, I hope it's not a 30 year stint, but like hopefully it's a year, maybe two. And then they're back to kicking our ass on Labor Day consistently, right? So, I, I think Dickinson's done after yeah. this year. I, I I wouldn't be shocked if this organization brings him back again, um, but I, I think he's got to be done. Uh, you know, another another comment from him uh, a couple of days ago, maybe post practice, post game. Uh, Adam sent us earlier a tweet from uh, six twenty CKRM. Uh, where Dickinson talked about wide receiver Tevin Jones and said he has to do a better job at learning the playbook. He's one of my favorites, but we need to see a little more attention to detail out of him. Tevin Jones is 12th in the league in receiving yards right now with 882 through 16 games, including three or four where he has been a backup. Like, how much more attention to detail do you need from a guy when you're playing your second or third string quarterback on the team that's not producing that well? Could you imagine? Like that's like that's like your that's like the parents telling you you need to do better in school and you're already getting like an 85 average. Like what yeah. what sorry that I'm not honor roll mom. Like I don't know <laughs> what more you want from the guy 12th in the league and he doesn't know the playbook. Like he doesn't need the playbook. Apparently your playbook is crap then. If he could do that. Like who's in charge of that playbook when some guy can just come in and be like no wonder, no wonder everyone's stopping the Rough Riders because their playbook's easy to learn. I guess I don't know, but man, what what can you do to? It? Yeah, it just it almost feels like the 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 boat is sinking, so he's kind of taken everyone with him. You know, like well, I'm not the problem. It's he didn't learn the playbook. Oh, it's not my problem. We're we're gonna bowl instead. Like he just kind of. I don't know, trying to save face now, and he shouldn't be doing that. That should be happening next week or the week after when they're eliminated. Not this week when they have a half a game lead. <laughs> like, and isn't that what happened last season with Fajardo down the stretch too? Wasn't there a war of words? And, and all of a sudden, Cody was being benched late in the season uh, there. And it's, I mean, some of the sacks he took were his fault. We've seen that problem over in Montreal still too. But a lot of it was the offensive line issues, and he kind of became the scapegoat there. So. Uh, you know, it's sad to see it's dark times uh, seemingly for the riders and it's one scapegoat after the next. And I, I know if Adam was here, you know, he'd be going off uh, on this as well and talking about how, uh, you know, the change needs to happen sooner rather than later. And 
and I think that's got to come this off season. Probably, it's honestly probably too late in the season for something to happen now. What are you going to do? Change coach before the final game of the year? Maybe if you want to get a head start, but <laughs> I mean, if they're eliminated, I mean, I yeah, if they're eliminated, he's getting fired, right? So even if they have a game next week, I would. But yeah, maybe, and maybe it's just my NFL mind gets kicked in because oh yeah, when teams are eliminated, their coaches are gone, and then it's whoever's the OC is just the intern or interim coach for two or three weeks, right? So we don't see that too much in the CFL unless the team's like the sinking ship, but then they'll do a complete change, right? So lack of coaches maybe? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, find maybe motivate your team with, you know, the drive to make the playoffs because that's kind of what's that's, probably in your job description. That's how I motivate my kids. Like, oh, you do good today. We'll go bowling. Like... <laughs> Go get ice cream after, man. I don't know. Yeah, they're all lining up at Dairy Queen outside of Mosaic there instead of practicing, but whatever. Should we go bowling tomorrow to celebrate a successful I, podcast? Man. Yeah, bowling is great. <laughs> bowling is so much fun, and it doesn't matter if it's five or ten pin. It's a blast. I love bowling. Oh, Not as much ten pin, but big, big five pin. Five pin bowling, the spin you get on those little suckers, man, and just strikes for days. My kids couldn't imagine. I got like five in a row last time I took them. They're like, what are you doing? But Okay, hear me out on this. CFC live show from a bowling alley. We get, uh, you know, it's community meetup. Get folks, come down to the bowling alley. We'll put on a bowling tournament uh, and have a live football show going from there. Let's make it happen. Sure, there's some bowling alley dumb enough to let us do that. <laughs> we'll work on it we'll work on uh, it probably not happening but if no. it does you'll hear about it on this very show uh all right uh storylines anything else we want to talk about here with a little bit of time left uh do we want to talk about ticket prices uh, a little bit because that was a topic we were going to discuss yeah. last week that we didn't get to um very much there which uh you know there were a couple of things the Edmonton Elks are closing the upper bowl for most games next season, trying to bring the crowd in a little tighter because the attendance has been going down there due to the home losing streak. Yeah. You've got the Riders have been hiking up the ticket prices despite nobody being happy with the team's performance lately. But then you've also got some positives where the Argos, and I don't have the numbers on this in front of me, I'll, I'll try to find the numbers here yet, but they've done very well, uh, all things considered, for Toronto attendance so far this season. Um, let's see, yeah, tweet here from John Bender at John W underscore Bender. The Argos have increased their attendance by 21% over last season and had their best attendance in seven years, uh, which is very good to see there. The Bombers are about to, what, sell out four straight home games or something like that now this week against Edmonton. It's going to be another 30-something thousand person crowd. So it seems like attendance, ticket sales, ticket pricing is up and down across the league. Uh, I don't. I don't know necessarily where I want to go on this, but what, what do you think about some of these numbers or or situations we're talking about here? Uh, I don't know. I'm getting kind of like everything's going up, right? Like we see it in all the leagues, but but to some degree. But then there was ten dollar playoff tickets available in Minnesota for the Blue Jays Minnesota game. That's wild to me. But then we're selling tickets. Like I was just trying to find a. Uh, 
extra ticket for this week's game and there's some for $30 in Winnipeg, which those were not bad, but then you have to think about it too. That's okay for the single guy who wants to go to a bomber game and have some beers at the rum hut. But then like me family of four, the $30 turns into 120, 20 for parking and 20, this, that it adds up. And it's such a crazy world too, where we live in what's dollar 60 for gas right now. And it's just the prices. I think, I think they got to try to focus the big thing the CFL needs to do is stop making it such gate driven. And and I think yeah. that number one, and either somehow getting a little bit more TV money, getting more sponsorship, something that it's like the next pandemic happens, we can actually have games without crowd, you know, something like that. Um, but attendance wise, like what they're doing in Edmonton, I was kind of Googling something. I couldn't remember if Edmonton was still in the running for the World Cup when it's here so i was wondering if it had maybe low-key that but they're out of that running so it's not so it's not to that anymore so i like it you know that's one of the biggest stadium in the league probably i think isn't something crazy for what it was like built like it was built for the commonwealth games right so it's something crazy it'd be cool to see that thing full again onto saskatchewan i mean man i guess canola prices are good if they think they can charge more i don't know like is that like Adam has to dip into his his <laughs> into his uh rainy day tractor breaking down fund to get season tickets next year. Now it's crazy. I can understand it to a degree when teams are winning and stuff, but or it's a commodity, right? Like if bomber prices go up, well, it's it's um stock and demand, right? Like whatever. And then was it, did you say Toronto's has went up? Right? Is that what it was this year? Yeah, yeah Toronto's has been their best in seven years. That's good to see. I like to see that. But, you know, does performance have a little bit to do with it? Sure. Pinball is probably a little bit more of a better face to promote in the last couple of years. And again, that one, I think, is a big thing, too, because they also, if you care about what other things are happening in the city, their soccer team is crap this year, which shares the stadium. Their baseball team, eh, we don't want to talk about it. We all know the, we all know the Leafs are going to take over now. But in the summer, what else do you have, right? If if TFC isn't doing good, so that's where I think it's good because I because again, Toronto is one of the ones that's holding hosting World Cup games in a few years. Like I think the attendance is really going to matter because you might have a chance where Toronto doesn't have a home game for a month or or something weird, right? That because of FIFA coming in, so having the attendance build now I think is really good for them. And I have to throw BC in here too, right. right? Like they've opened the upper bowl a couple of times as well. And Amara Doman has done a fantastic job there with the Lions of turning that experience around with the, and a lot of it is, I think there's two things that drive people to the stadium. Okay. I'll put three things in here. The biggest one is winning, right? Like you are much more likely if you are a fan to go to a game, if your team is doing well, then if it's, am I really going to pay this much to go watch them, you know, get blown out and maybe not. Um, the other part of it is the game day experience, whether you are a diehard fan or more of a casual fan, maybe you want to just go party, uh, you know, do something, hang out with friends and, you know, grab a couple drinks and watch a football game. Uh, and if the game day experience is good, that's going to drive a lot of people to come back just for the casual event and something to do, uh, part of it as well. And then the third is ticket prices and making it affordable. And so I think that all plays into things. 
And I think that kind of correlates to what we're seeing here. Like the Argos are successful. The Bombers have been successful the past couple of years. And I think that's really turned the attendance around there. BC has been successful. And the game day experience from what we've heard has been pretty good in a lot of these places. Whereas, you know, Edmonton, it's gone down quite a bit. Uh, and the losing streak helped there. Even Calgary, you know, all the talk of them, them needing a new stadium so badly. Yeah. And I've heard just the game day experience has been declining there as well. And that's all leading to less and less people going. So I don't know. It seems like for two guys, at least for myself, who has no sort of business or marketing background, like the recipe for success here seems really easy at a high level to me. And clearly some teams have figured it out, but other teams are struggling. I think it does have some effect on the market too, because BC is a weird one. They're not, they're not quite like a traditional Western team, but they're not quite Toronto. You know what I mean? They're kind of weird in the middle where it's a big city. They got other things going on, but when the team shows up, the fans show up, right? Like it's one that we always seem to clump Vancouver in there with Toronto and Montreal. Right. But then you got Calgary. The one thing I liked about Calgary, they did. It was a very, it was a very good party scene. When I went to the game, they had a guy like we have our PA announcer, right? But they actually had a guy who's like some radio guy walking around on the microphone and he would like, let's get loud. Stamp. Like he would be chipe, like hyping it up almost like the guy on the side of a concert hyping up the rapper about to come out. And it was a cool experience. But yeah, the stadium wasn't great. Getting there wasn't great. You know, there's there wouldn't or they're like a, it's a high school stadium. You, it's the seat, the bench seats, right? It's not right. It's not what we have anymore. So. And their team's not doing well. Had Bo's gone, and when Bo was there, they weren't doing good. You know, it's the changing of the guard a little bit. But, but what do like okay? Other than the team, what do we do? That's so. I was thinking about this the other day. What do we do? That's really like oh, you got to come. Like if it's not for the football and not for this, you got to come to the bomber game just because we're loud and the fan. Like is that kind of the our thing? I think the tailgating in the past couple of years has grown yeah. and been pretty good. Like they have the official tailgate and then yeah. they, they let you tailgate in the parking lot. And I'm seeing more and more kind of groups pop up here and there for that. I'm not a tailgater myself. I normally go in and walk laps around the stadium. So if you're ever there, you know, make sure you're walking in the same direction as me and you might find me. Um, <laughs> otherwise you might not uh, around the stadium. And I think it's just the way the stadium is constructed. It leads to a lot of just social goers, right? Like you look at the, you look at the ticket sales and, oh yeah, it looks like a sellout, but then you go to the stadium and it's halfway through the first quarter and you look up at the seats and it doesn't really look like they're filled at all. And then you look at the concourse and just everyone's standing around and mm -hmm. chatting and having a good time. It seems there too. Right. So I, I've never been to any other stadium besides this one and, and old Canada Inns. Like I haven't gone to any away games yet. So I don't, I, I don't know. about context. that stadium too. That's, that's weird. I was talking about a game at that stadium today. So, <laughs> yeah. So I don't have the context of what yeah. it's, it's like at these other stadiums, but, uh, and, and you know, the Bombers have different things as well. I think they've done some good things there with, uh, what do they have? I think they have drinks and, and hot dogs, maybe cheaper before kickoff yeah. up to a certain point. You know, they've got their food item, a different food item, every game that's kind of featured there. Like it's all these little things that add up the ability to go on the field after the game and, and run around on there. And 
Sure, I'm sure a lot of these uh, different teams have these various things there as well. But uh, I, I think the I think the game day experience helps. I think the winning is probably the biggest thing that's impacting things. Because look at look at the Jets, right? Compare the Bombers to the Jets, and I know you were talking about it this this week even that like yeah there's a jets game on the same day and the bombers are still selling out here exact same time and i know it's an away game but i was thinking like i just remember when the jets moved here everyone was like oh once it's october no one's gonna want to watch a bomber game you know what i mean like every time there's a saturday jets game if it's home or away saturday hockey night i get i even pay attention which night's hockey night in canada saturday Saturday. okay saturday so i mean if it's hockey night in canada you you might have people Oh, you know what? The bomber game is on, but I could stay home and watch the Leafs game and then watch the Jets game after. You know, the, you might have a lot of that. And, um, but yeah, it's crazy. But also the Jets prices went up, which we were, t- you know, to tie in what we've been talking about because we have to pay more if we don't want them to move back to Atlanta. Right. That's what, you know, I think that's what Sh- uh, Chipman said. But was Craig Dickinson giving that press conference? Oh, that sounds like something he would man. say. But, uh, you know, actually, I have to say one thing. The Bombers are doing great marketing, too. I don't know who my parents know, but they know someone in tickets, and they've been offered free tickets to the last three or four home games. And they've taken some of them, and they said no this week because they're like, ah, we don't want to go just in case it's too cold. But I was like, who do they – like, my parents have been in the city for, like, six months. I've lived here for 10 years. How the hell do they know someone? <laughs> they get free ticket. <laughs> like, but so it, it's all on mark, like, little things like that. Do you know what I mean? Giving free tickets to people you know it just shows it's more it's more than just like one free ticket but hopefully that person buys 10 beers you know what i mean like so that's exactly what it is right and and that was that whole elks ticket scheme this year of the guaranteed win seats that the folks who bought those got into what like eight games for free or something or probably not eight home games but a couple home games for free but then how much are they spending in food and drinks when they're there, right? right? Is get somebody in the door. Ticket prices are not the end-all be-all of revenue. It's the starting point for you there. So that's why, you know, I'm not a business major, but, you know, the lower the ticket price, the more people you get in the stands, the better the atmosphere, the more people that want to come to the game, the more people that are going to go spend their money while at the game. And that leads to success. So it's interesting to me that it's kind of, you know, turned upside down a little bit in the CFL where places like Edmonton and Calgary are and Saskatchewan that you wouldn't think so are now struggling and places like Toronto and BC who got flack for so many years for their struggle to fill a stadium uh, are now two teams that are clearly on the rise and thriving in that regard. So uh, it's exciting to see those teams turn it around and just hoping it's not going to get too bad for these other teams out here. Last topic before we get into our betting picks and our uh, fantasy uh, picks here is uh, Canada's boy, uh, my future Hall of, CFL Hall of Famer, uh, namesake for my NFL fantasy team. Nathan Rourke has been elevated the 53-man roster by the Jacksonville Jaguars after uh, Trevor Lawrence has been a little bit nicked up and uh, missing some time in practice. You know, they've got a backup in place who they were clearly high on uh, the Jaguars there, but Rourke is on the roster. you think there's any chance he gets into playing time in the next little bit here? If uh, Beathard and the guy, other guy get hurt too. I, I mean, like, I I can't imagine. It's, it's all precaution because 
the Jags had what back to back weeks in London, and then they I, I learned a lot apparently. So you have the choice when you're told you have an international game, you have the choice to take the bye the week after, or you could say now we'll take it later like normal. The Jacksonville Jaguars took it late, so they had a home game last week, and now they have the Thursday nighter. So London, London, straight to home Thursday nighter. That's a Thursday nighter against a division rival. That's a tough little skid, right? So I think you probably don't want to go into that with two quarterbacks if uh, Lawrence is out, right? So <laughs> that's my thoughts. It would be it would be great to see him play. He played great in preseason, but it you know. Yeah, I I I'm not expecting him to no. get in in for playing time, but he is elevated to the roster. Uh, and uh, you know, just pulled up a tweet here from Farhan Lalji uh, that this isn't a standard elevation to the roster, which teams can do up to three times a year from the practice roster. They've actually signed him, uh, mm-hmm. so there's a good chance he remains on the roster for a few more weeks. As long as he dresses at least three games, he accrues a year, which means at least nine hundred thousand dollars next year. So, you know, even if you stand there holding the clipboard. All of us who are questioning, you know, was this the right decision for Nathan Rourke to go down south or up here, potentially making, you know, one and a half times as much money as he was going to make probably in the CFL uh, this season. So chew up those pension games too, like we were watching Strevy try to get last season or whatever, right? That's big. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, and then you have NFL pension, then he can come back to the CFL, you know, then it's fine. Yeah, I, I would love to see him play at some point. I'm hoping we get yeah. there at some point this season, but the road to get there, meaning the two guys ahead of him have to get injured. Well, given the trend of things in the NFL, that will probably be by next week. We'll be talking about Rourke yeah. being the starter. And then I was thinking too, if the, if the Jags weren't good, you know what I mean? If they were 0 and 6 right now, and then, then that could see more like reason to pull the guys ahead over injury, right? They'll be like, well, this guy's throwing nothing. So we'll see what the kid can do. Right. But because they're competitive, they're the top team in their division. Well, the Saints aren't in their division. What am I thinking? Saints are NFC South. I said there was a division game, but still, you know, teams that should know each other. I can um, never keep the divisions. No, it's, yeah, AFC South and NFC South. Cross division or cross conference here, but still, it's a tough, tough little skid. So, but I think, yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence will play. This is a big game still, you know, so. Yeah, I think so as well, but. You know, anytime Nathan Ork does anything in the NFL, it's going <laughs> to hit all the CFL news cycles. Right. So we got to talk about it as well. Uh, this is step one, two, maybe three on his uh, on, on the road to NFL Hall of Fame for Nathan Rourke. Uh, I miss watching him play. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of weird to think that he's not technically really playing, uh, you know, right now. So. Yeah, that's the sad part of it. You can't blame a guy for going down south and chasing the dream there, even yeah. if it means you got to, you know, do your time, uh, so to say, to, to work your way up to it. But uh, missed opportunity to see a guy like that playing at, at the, the top level he was for longer than we got to. But happy we got to experience it for that one year. Uh, it was exciting times for sure. All right, let's get to betting picks for this week's three games on the schedule here. Uh, do you want to talk about, in general, uh, the the betting lines this week? They're a little crazy, aren't they? Yeah, they're wild. They're all they're all big ones. But then when you look at them more in depth, uh, shoot, I delete. I where are they? Uh, I closed our notes. That's okay. I, but they're I all. Got it. 
I got it. Yeah, for you if you they're know. all big, right? So I'm on. Yeah, right. BC's eight and a half point favorites over Calgary, Saskatchewan, or Toronto's nine point favorites over Saskatchewan, and then Winnipeg's eleven point favorites over Edmonton. And this is before any depth charts yeah. come out either. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then it's weird that all the teams that okay, I don't want to say they don't have to try, but all the teams that have already clinched a playoff spot have this huge line over teams that aren't in it or fight. It's kind of weird. Like I'm almost surprised they're that big because we were just talking about should okay, yeah, Toronto might. Like Toronto might be nine points better on a normal game, but if they're starting their, you know, resting guys or taking the foot off the gas and Saskatchewan's actually trying, are they nine point favorites? You know, it's kind of weird. And same with Edmonton and Winnipeg. Like Edmonton's got nothing to play for, but Winnipeg's also like, well, we could also just win by a field goal and we still clinch home or the bye, right? You know, it's not, <laughs> we got to give um, Castillo some chances in there too. It's their weird lines, but if we want to, I don't even, I guess we have to pick them. <laughs> we got to pick them. That's what we're here to do. So we'll start with uh, the first game, Calgary at BC. Full disclosure, this is a week that I I I call the 1-800 number and say I have a problem if I bet on this week because you just stay away from it. But, you know, we have to do it. You know, I'm going to take – I'm probably going to take all the teams to cover. I'm going to take Calgary. I, I think that even though BC is probably a nine-point better team – they're probably gonna like you know. Sorry, I was reading Richard's text, and I thought he said he was at karaoke really quick, and I was like, "Well, why did you even come to this show if you're at karaoke?" But now I see it, karate grading. That's awesome, man. But I think I'm gonna take Calgary because they got something to play for. Where BC does, but like we were kind of talking about earlier, how hard are you gonna play for the buy? Where Calgary's playing for their life, right? That's where I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna go. I'll go over. I think there'll be big points this week, Ryan. Should we add karaoke night to uh, the bowling alley party <laughs> we're playing? Man, I, I, I just, I have such bad ADHD. I can't. I, I usually have our private chat open, so I don't let that distract me. But I had it open by accident, and here we go. And uh, <laughs> now I know Rich is, yeah, black belt. Yeah, Eddie. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah. I play too much Spider Man. <laughs> I feel you on the tired thing. We're, we're getting through it here. Uh, yeah, Calgary, BC, I don't know. I think BC, like we talked about earlier, is still going to play, like, have a try hard in this game, obviously, uh, to, to get them set for the playoffs here. Uh... And I'm not saying BC by any means or Winnipeg are going to just, you know, mail it in, but I'm also kind of like you know at halftime you're sitting there you're starting to get a little sore you're like okay you know we're up 10 do we need to win by 11 oh we we got to make sure or you know we got to make sure we beat the spread this week boys i don't i don't know if they're going to be thinking about that right in the trenches fourth quarter so that's kind of I'm I'm still going to take BC at home this week, I think. I I just don't trust Calgary to get the ball moving. Uh I don't think the offensive game plan has been good. Last week, they were facing the Riders, who just don't have a run defense right now, and they gave Kadeem Carey the ball like eight times in that game, which is just not acceptable, especially with Bagleton being out. So uh, even if BC sits people late, maybe Calgary comes back to cover, but I got to take the Lions on this one. And uh, I think I'm going to take the under. 
uh, by a little bit. Just because I don't know how many points Calgary puts on the board. I see it. That I just I'm breaking my number one rule. I usually don't take a underdog. Like even with a, it has to be a huge spread for me to take them, even if I don't think they will win. But I'm breaking my rule because I don't think Calgary is going to win this game. But a touchdown, like I said, touchdown late. You might see BC. You know, when it's a 55 yard field goal or something like that, they'll punt it. You know what I mean? Like they don't really need that extra field goal or accidentally give Calgary that situation in field. But you know, we'll see. Um, I hope they go for the field goal. I need it for now. You need it in our draft week, but uh, I mean, uh, I'm the one too that I won an NFL bet last weekend because of that safety late. Uh, the Patriots, um, they were down two, and then they got sacked for a safety, and the line was three and a half. So I'll take anything I can get. I understand that. But, you know, it's interesting. We'll move on. Calgary, yeah, second oh. game here, Toronto visiting Saskatchewan. Argo's nine-point favorites over under 50 and a half. I wonder who, how they decided if uh, Saskatchewan got the early game or Winnipeg got the early game on Saturday. But, you know, anyway... Um, I like this one. Again, it's kind of the same thing. I'm like, is Toronto, you know, if they're up a touchdown, up 10 at halftime, how pedal to the metal are they going to go? I'll take Toronto in this one. I was going to say I was going to take all the underdogs, but I'll take Toronto because Adam hates the Riders. There's no way they're going to lose by less than 10, right? And I'll take the under. I'm going to take Toronto here as well uh, and the over, actually, because, I mean, we've been talking about how the, the last part of the season just doesn't matter for Toronto, right? Their last six games of the year. Well, the four of those they've played so far, despite talking about potentially resting starters, they put up four. Last week, they put up 40 and won by 13. The week before that, they put up 35 and won by. Oh, I'm doing quick math on the podcast. That's dangerous. Uh, they won by 23, they won by 10, or sorry, they lost the Bombers in that one where they didn't start, uh, Kelly, but still put up 21 there. And then they beat the Ticats by 15 and scored 29. So the Argos themselves have been putting points on the board, uh, and they've still been covering the spread in a lot of these recent games. So I, I still got to go with them on this one. I see the logic. I want, I was hemming and hawing. I'm just kind of more in that spot where, I could see Toronto putting up 30, but Saskatchewan putting up 10, right? So Yeah, it is it is a high over-under, and I, I always get nervous when it hits around the 50 mark, and I tend to take the under on those. But uh, I don't know, the Argos are putting points on the board in bunches all season long. So No, I agree with you. And then we got the finale here. Ooh. Yeah, Edmonton at Winnipeg Bombers minus 11 over under and exactly at 50 on this one. I'm not going to win because if I take the Bombers, they're going to lose this game. And if I take the Elks, Bombers are going to win by 40. Um, one, I want more over under how many picks will Caleros throw. I'll talk about that one. But uh, you know what? Let's take Winnipeg with the minus 11. Again, I'm changing slightly. Sold out crowd. They still have something kind of to play for. Edmonton's all but packed, right? So with that, and you know what? I will actually go with the over. I think Edmonton will still put up some points. We got, you know, Trey Ford in a pretty potent offense, right? He'll do some damage. It'll just be, it'll be like that Dolphin uh, uh, Miami Denver game where Dolph Miami put up 70, but you know, Denver did put up 20. You know, they, they could have beaten a bunch of teams that week. Uh, kind of thing, right? So I'll go with that. Uh, what about you? 
Oh, yeah, another tough one here. Winnipeg and Edmonton. I'm trying to look at what were the previous scores. Winnipeg won 38-29, and Winnipeg won 28-14. I think that one was... Oh, they play each other. This is the fourth time they play this season, actually. Uh, they won 28-14. Was that one? One of these ones was the Drew Brown weird comeback. I think that was the, the most recent one. And then earlier this year, a 40... Oh, wait, that was last year. Never mind. So... I'm looking at the schedule on Google, right? I, I yeah. searched Winnipeg Blue Bombers schedule, expecting it to show me this season's <laughs> games. But apparently I can scroll all the way up back to like 2018. Yeah. So they have played each other only three times this season. Say, yeah. I didn't think any of the West teams played each other four times. Yeah, they might not. <sighs> I might have gotten that one wrong. That was um, yeah. hmm. Winnipeg. Winnipeg's much better at home. I think I got to take the Bombers here at home to cover the minus 11. And I'm going to take the over on this one as well, because I think we can put some points on the board. And Edmonton can put some points on the board too. I mean, that Edmonton-Montreal game last week that I was so sure was going to hit the under, they had like, they hit the over in the first half or something stupid like yeah. that. So how about, how about just quickly throw this one at you? The Bombers alone point total over under is 30 and a half. I'd go over. Over. Yeah, I like that one. And Edmonton's is 18 and a half. I, so, as I, ooh, I might even go the over on that one, too, but I don't know. I think yeah. I would, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, you got over bonus. Under. Look, good Good thing you guys tuned in. You came after karate because you just got bonus content right there. <laughs> Usually, uh, after... I have in the chat over under on kick return yards in the SAS Toronto oh, game. I mean, I don't have a number. Yeah. Uh, obviously for those, but you got Javon Leak on one side, Mario Alfred on the other. Uh, there's got to be at least one kick going back for a touchdown in that game. Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get into fantasy picks for this week uh, in the CFL. And it is a tough week to make the fantasy selections with only uh three games on the schedule six teams to pick from and we've kind of talked about already there is a lot of up and down like uh, how much are these guys gonna play uh how much do we trust guys you know let's start with quarterback here um mm. like calgary and saskatchewan neither of those quarterbacks inspire me right now you know va is question is if he is a little bit banged up how long does he play zach caleros if BC somehow loses Friday. How long does he play uh, in there? Uh, you know, all of these question marks come to mind. I think the top option for me this week is honestly Trey Ford at $9,000. Uh, he's averaging 20 fantasy points a game on the season, which is very impressive. I also think he gets a guaranteed workload. Like if we're talking about playing for next season, if you're Edmonton, are you not playing Trey Ford in these final two games of the yeah. year? Like Taylor Cornelius, are you going to put Cornelius back out there? You've seen what he can do. Maybe you put Jared Daggy back, you know, in for a game, but I think you run with Ford and make up for the lost time you did early in the season. So I expect him to play the full game, which is means this is a safe pick and it's a pick that delivers and mobile quarterbacks against the Bombers normally perform pretty well. So I think there's there's good Trey Ford potential there uh, for some rushing yards, at least on that one. The other option I would consider at quarterback is still Vernon Adams Jr. They still have something to play for. I'm concerned, yeah, about the workload after injury, but he was a full participant in practice all three days this week. 
Uh, he's averaging 22.4 points a game on the season outside of the week he got injured. And he has been a top three quarterback for this last six weeks. So for me, in a smaller week, smaller options to choose from, those are probably the only two guys I, I'm considering this week. Uh, you you took both mine away. Like, I, I can't see anybody else because uh... – what is is that cat in the chat? Yeah, I, they never sit Caleros, but they should bench him. But um, other than that, I, I think I agree with you with Trey Ford. If he doesn't play the whole game, I don't know what Chris Jones is doing because they have nothing to play for. But you got to get him out there and get more experience, more snaps, right? And Cornelius is not their guy. I think they should get rid of that contract as quickly as they can too, right? So, so you took everything I got, man. Yeah, and Chad Kelly, I mean, again, how long is he going to play for that? That's another question mark there as well, where I, I, I just – I try to stay away from the Argos, honestly, at this point as much as possible for the most part when it comes to fantasy picks uh, there. And, yeah, Mayer against BC, Dolagal against Saskatchewan, sure, if you want to save some money and go elsewhere there at quarterback. But uh, I, I think Trey Ford at 9,000 is a pretty good discount and with rosters I was playing around with can get you a pretty good, good total there. And again, if that's the rest of the field at quarterback this week, I'll put a guarantee on here that Trey Ford is finishing as a top three quarterback on the week. Like, I was going to say too, and you got the classic bombers bent and don't break defense. So he could chew up a lot of yards and run yeah, a lot. Like of obviously you want to get the lot, the top guy every week. That's the dream. Yeah. But if you can finish top, get a guy finishing top three at most positions, you're going to have a pretty darn good week. So uh, that's the Ryan guarantee for this week. Trey Ford, top three quarterback. Watch me be wrong. Uh, let's talk running backs here. That one's a little maybe more open here, but uh, two guys I really like. Brady Oliveira at $13,500. Like, I don't know if they're sitting Oliveira, especially – if you and I are both picking BC to win and assuming they're going to win, if you're Winnipeg, you would much rather put pedal to the metal this week uh, and beat the Elks, lock up first place in the West Division, then rest guys or play them for a quarter or a half against Calgary the week after. I think Oliveira plays almost the whole game unless it's a big lead late and Augustine gets in there. Uh and Oliveira has just dominated fantasy all season. He is a fantasy cheat code. He's been the top scoring running back in five, four of his last five games. He's been a top three running back in nine of his last 10 and has scored over 23 points in five of his last six. Also facing an Elks defense that gives up the most running backs on the season. So I think Oliveira is a uh, lock it in. No question. Can I ask about a quick it. question before you tell me your other guy? Do you ever remember Harris sitting late in the season, even if we were up big or in playoff contention? On the IR, yeah. Well, he's not, yeah, but if he's healthy, he's playing, right? He was playing yeah. for like on our 2019 run and all that stuff, right? I, yeah, all of it will play. Yeah, O'Shea's not one to when if there's an ounce of a meaning to a football game, O'Shea's going to put his guys out there oh. um, as well, right? So. I like Oliveira there, and I like Jamal Morrow at 10,500. Here is my other option for the Riders. He's got back-to-back games over 20 points. Uh, whether it's him or Frankie Hickson, the starting running back for the Riders has been top four, I believe, in five of their last six games. 
and two of the guys that have normally finished ahead have been James Butler and Devontae Williams, who are both on a bye this week. So chances are Morrow is going to be one of those top running back options this week once again as well. Uh, he averages the third most carries in the league uh, this season with 12.8 and averages three targets a game. So, you know, Morrow's been playing pretty well lately. And uh, even though the Riders haven't been finding success out there uh, necessarily on the in the standings, Morrow has been on the stats sheet. Other, I mean, the other options you really have to consider this week, uh, no cheap play, Jaquan and Jaquan Hardy from the Lions, because looks like Taquan Mazel is healthy and ready to go again. So maybe you look at him against Calgary. Uh, I could see that potentially being uh, a decent play there. Kevin Brown had a big game against the Bombers, but he has barely gotten the ball as of late. And then Calgary, it's always, you know, who's getting the ball the most between Carey, Mills, Logan. It's it's a bit of a mess going on there. And Toronto, I just don't know. AJ Olette was a full participant in practice, but it was scratched last week. Like, it, it, And how long does he play? If he plays, it's a good match against the Riders, but how long does he play? Uh, does McMahon get in there? That could be a cheap value play, uh, potentially. But uh, I think the Safest bets for me are Oliveira and Morrow. If you can fit them both in your lineup, what do you think? Yeah, I, you took the two guys that I've set up in my lineup already. It's kind of hard. I agree. I, I stay away from Toronto. Um, and uh, you're uncertain with Calgary, right, and Edmonton. So I would I would stick with Oliveira. Like I agree, 100. I can't see him coming out unless it's a big lead or slight injury. Like you know kind of thing like his ankles a little sore okay take him out but i said you gotta the run game you gotta build momentum in right so he's gonna be there and moro i think if saskatchewan has a chance to if they the one thing they got to do is to get the running game going right and then that's what you got to do at this time of year now wide receiver is a little more difficult to gauge (laughs) here and this is honestly the position where like i try to prep some of these stats and these notes for these each week but you know it's been a bit of a time crunch lately and normally i I get through the quarterbacks i get through the running backs feel confident about those and then i'm scrambling to try to find the wide receivers and it's even more so this week because again talking about the six teams playing You know, you look at Winnipeg, I think sometimes it's hard to tell who's going to be the guy. Uh, Dalton Schoen's been missing some practice time this week, so we could see maybe Janarian Grant, maybe Brendan O'Leary-Orange, or not Janarian Grant, Greg McRae is the one I'm thinking of. Uh, Either of those two get into a spot in the lineup there, maybe that's a value play uh, there, but... Shown has kind of been the leading guy. If you're going to go with a bomber receiver, I'd probably recommend Kenny Lawler. I mean, seven-plus targets in three of his last four games. He doesn't always catch most of them. That's part of the problem. But uh, he, you know, is probably going to get a heavy dose of targets and is known for those big plays and the touchdowns. Nick Dembski's fallen off the map. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got under eight fantasy points in three of his last four games. So uh, I, I don't know if I trust going there. Like if you go with a Bombers receiver, I think it's got to be Lawler potentially this week. Toronto, I have no idea what you do with at wide receiver. Like last week, if you had the guts to start Navaris Daniels, you got 26.1 points out of them. Congratulations. 
but also what led you to decide to do that because he had finished under eight in four of his last five games before that. So uh, it's been, he could put up a huge total. He can put up quite the dud of a week and everybody else for the Argos again, Demonte Cox, he had zero last week. Uh, you know, sometimes it's Brissett, sometimes it's Unger, sometimes it's Neil. I, I don't trust any of them really to be the yeah. lead guy. The only thing I guess that's a positive for them is they normally only have like one or two backup wide receivers dressed. So, you know, the guys are playing the full game. Right, that is a benefit in that category. Um, I'll touch on the riders here. I'll go three teams and I'll flip it over to you for any thoughts, and then I'll and then I'll come back to the other three teams here at wide receiver. Uh, the riders are one of those teams where they have good options again, but it's hard to fully gauge who the top option is because it's kind of a hit and miss up and down. Um, the ones I maybe like the most there would be Sean Bain still gets himself a pretty solid target dose every week. He had nine targets, 103 yards last week, but he had some down weeks there. He does cost a lot. I think Jareth Stearns is my favorite rider option currently. He's a cheaper value play. He's what, $4,000, $5,000? I got him in my lineup currently, $4,800. Uh, and eight, eight and seven targets in his last three games. So, uh, he's getting the volume for still a cheap price. And that's probably the riders receiver for I'd look at the most this week. Uh, what are you looking at at wide receiver here to give me a bit of a break? Um, from the teams you were kind of talking about, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling shaker, uh, Schaefer Baker has been so quiet. And I've been saying for a while he needs to do something. And it, to me, he's a guy that if the Riders want to make the playoffs, probably need to lean on a little bit, right? So mm-hmm. if you're going to go with the morality play and go with the heart over the head, I'd go with him. Bombers, I I hit him in hot. I was like, maybe you get lucky in Lawler or – or um, but Sean's kind of banged up. But maybe Lawler, someone gets a big – 80 yard play and a touchdown and gets you some points, but like you know, I wouldn't go there for the consistent production. Who's the other team you talked about? Uh, Toronto, yeah, it's another team I kind of stayed away from too. Like, maybe go with one of their guys if you're hoping for one long bomb kind of play to get you, you know, 10 15 points or whatever. But I wouldn't go there if you're expecting a guy to if you're hoping a guy gets you know 10 20 pick uh, pickups a game, right. Yeah, for sure. And just going to some of the questions here in the chat, does Olivera get pulled, get pulled if they're losing big? Uh, maybe. I, define, I define big. Define big, too, because, like, if they're – because 14-point comeback, you know, we had a former Winnipeg base running back overcome that, right? So – and again, define big. Maybe you kind of slightly pull them because you're going to be passing more if you're down. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, that's I could see that. But he gets involved there also. But he does. Uh, You're true. It's yeah. true. But then you also, it's a, it's a freaking too much like wealth of riches there. Like he could, you know, you're down big. You're probably looking for Lawler, Schoen, kind of Dembski. But then, yeah, you do have a guy in the backfield that could do it. Yeah, there's a question about Sean Bain here as well. I kind of mentioned him. You know, he had a good week last week, and he does play left slot back against the Argos this week, and that's a good matchup uh, that I've normally picked against. But he's been so up and down. Like he, he had seventeen point three last week, twenty two point seven back in 
is this week 15 but eh, other than that since week 10 onwards everything else has been under 10 points so at that price it's not really worth it to me and what is the weather in the peg this weekend i believe on saturday i was just looking up the weather report it's uh 13 high of 13 and cloudy uh currently according to my phone's uh weather app um going to the other teams here we haven't talked about it's the ottawa's on a buy montreal's on a buy sadly montreal and hamilton are on buys no tim white no T- tyson philpot this week those have been go-to staples in the lineup uh who else do we have here edmonton edmonton's tough to take a wide receiver as well because trey ford just does not throw uh, a ton right like uh look what are we at for pass attempts last okay so the last two games he has attempted more passes he's attempted 31 and 30 in his last two games so that is going up makes me maybe look the elks direction a little bit more uh there i do like kyron Moore generally as a high volume receiver you know he's in that reggie bagleton area where he's gonna get a lot of targets and a lot of catches that go for five to seven yards mm-hmm. um and he picked up a couple touchdowns last week but i don't know if i'm spending big on an elks wide receiver necessarily uh and if you need a really cheap value play maybe it's gavin cobb uh who's gotten into the starting lineup there uh, and has had eight targets and five targets in his last two games. Also believe he might be a Winnipeg native. Uh, I think he's from Winnipeg uh, and playing back home. Uh, let me double check on that. Uh, oh, no, he was born in Victoria, uh, but he did go to the University of Manitoba. So there we go. Uh, so maybe there's a little extra edge there for him. Yeah, knows the knows the stadium, or who are we talking about? Yeah, knows the stadium. Yeah, 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 for sure. The other two teams playing this week: uh, Calgary and BC. Reggie Bagleton should be back in the lineup, and I think he's a strong candidate to pick this week because, like I said earlier, Bagleton was so dearly missed by that team last week, and if you everything's on the line for a playoff spot now. You're going to lean on him. He is the veteran presence. He's the best player on this team. I expect him to get 10-plus targets in this game. Uh, so I, I like the play of Bagleton. and He's a guy who can put up 40 points or can put up 29 points in a game and make or break your fantasy week there. So he can also put up seven like he did in his last game. But uh, chances are it's probably going to be on the higher end if they can get that passing game going. I also think it does open things back up for Mark and Michelle, who still got eight targets last game, but was pretty well covered on a lot of them because they didn't have to worry about Bagleton. These are the two veteran presences, Bagleton and Mark and Michelle on this team, and I expect them to lead the team if they're going to have any sort of success this week. So they're the two guys I'd consider there. BC drives me insane. Uh, that's the best way to put it. There is so much talent there at wide receiver there. In, and any of these guys will finish in the top five receiver on the week, but you never know which one is part of the problem, right? One week, it's Rhymes. The next week, it's Hollins. The next week, it's uh, Keon Hatcher. So uh, it's up in the air every time. I Part of me wants one of them in there. Part of me wants to just take the chance that I have the right one because if I'm right, they'll put up a big total. 
but it's also disappointing when they don't, right? If they, if they don't, then they're putting up, you know, five points, seven points. That's not going to help your lineup at that price either there. So I don't have a real preference, honestly, between any of the Lions receivers. Hatcher is questionable to play this week, which makes picking Hollins or Rhymes more intriguing. Uh, but each of them are hit and miss kind of every single week. Yeah. Who has the best matchup among them would be, uh, looks like it would be Keon Hatcher at left slot back if he's starting there. Um, that's kind of where I'm at for for these other three teams. Calgary, BC, and what was he at? Edmonton. Any, anything there to catch your eye? Uh, I was kind of thinking Mitchell, too, on Calgary. You know, that Calgary-BC game, I'm kind of interested in the receivers because, again, Calgary's got something to play for. So somebody on that in 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 the perfect world for Calgary, someone on that team's gonna have a good game if they're gonna make the playoffs yeah. right in their head. So you gotta try to pick the right person, right? And it's kind of the same thing for BC. Someone in that receiving core is gonna have to have a good game if they want to have a chance to take first, right? So I got I took I took Hollins. I heard you say the name. I'm not gonna lie, I was double check. I was trying to get a new defense in uh and our NFL team, or fantasy real quick. So I missed if you said Hollins, but Hollins and Michelle are kind of my guys in the team we talked about. Edmonton, again, Trey Ford's got to throw it. If we're willing to take Trey Ford, you're thinking he's going to have to throw it to somebody, right? But, I'm more willing to just take him based on the rushing. Yeah, ability, that's what I was honest. thinking too, right? So I, he, he, unless I watch him, watch two or three Edmonton receivers have the top scores of the week or something, but he's probably going to run for those first downs. Yeah. Um, yeah, with the BC receivers, you know, in our draft league, I've got both of my five receivers on my roster. I've got both Hollins and Rhymes. I've put the wrong one in my lineup, uh, for like four straight weeks. Right. Uh, and I keep, uh, you know, adjusting to the other one, then I get it wrong. So if you want to believe in that superstition, go with Dominic Rhymes this week because I put him in last week and Hollins was the right answer. So maybe that means Rhymes is going to be the right answer this week. I don't know. Uh, let's talk defense. Uh, you know, there's only six defenses to choose from here. And I think the best option, if you can afford it in some way, is the Toronto Argonauts defense. They have been putting up points in bunches uh, all season long um, and are consistently one of the top defenses across the board. Uh, Last week, they were the top one. The week before that, they were the second from the top. You know, what, four or five of their last six games have been a top three defense in the CFL, the Argos, and they're one of the few teams that I think can put up, uh, you know, double-digit points regularly as a defense, and they face the Riders, who have struggled offensively quite a bit uh, lately there as well. So I I think the Argos are the best defense choice at $10,000. As for the other ones on the list this week, I mean, Saskatchewan super cheap, but they've been hot garbage lately. Maybe the Elks at 5,500, just the, if you want to go cheap, just because Caleros does throw those couple of picks or they do have those couple of fumbles a game, uh, there could be value in taking the Elks defense that cheap as well. But I, I think if you're spending close to the top, like Winnipeg, BC, and Toronto are all within, what, 04 like $400 separating them, you might as well pay for the Argos because they're the best option there. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, yeah. I can't fit them in, so I, I went with BC, to be honest, just because, again, I think if I can't take Toronto, I think they would be the second-best defense maybe have a good day in my mind. I don't like Winnipeg because I think Edmonton, the bend-don't-break defense, Edmonton could pick that apart. And then I, I did think Edmonton, I like your comment, Kalaros was going to probably throw three picks on Saturday, so, but I don't want to be cheering for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. You'll hear me from my section, man. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> fantasy points. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, but anyway, when he throws three picks, I'll be mad when I didn't put Edmonton in there too. So can't win. Yeah, that's that's the danger of rotating lineups. Uh, all right, uh, just to round things out here, we'll let's go through some results and matchups for our fantasy leagues. Well, there. There aren't really matchups to talk about because all of our leagues, uh, at least our head-to-head leagues, wrapped up this week. Uh, you, me, and Adam were playing all season long in the CFL Podcast Fantasy League uh, against a number of other podcasters out there. And it uh, concluded this week, and uh, yours truly has captured the uh, the championship belt this season. Uh, I did go head-to-head in the finals uh with steph from the go stamps go show and uh, i did pick up the championship win this week so you know i was the founder of the commissioner of the league i've been right there for a couple of years in a row and uh happy to finally get that championship belt and along with it uh we did raise some good money for charity as part of this as well so uh get to donate that charity prize to uh the children's rehabilitation foundation here in winnipeg so uh honored to you know get the title even more honored to be able to donate that to uh, a good cause which is near and dear to my heart and uh yeah congratulations man yeah finally finally got the monkey off your back eh? you got the win yeah now we got to run it back next season right so uh yeah training starts now um over in our Discord League that also wrapped up this week. Uh, and we had uh, FM Fan uh, and Josh M going head to head in the finals. It was a very, very close matchup. But congratulations to FM Fan in our Discord community for capturing the championship title there as well. Uh, very well deserved. He went on a run uh, first place in the se- regular season, went on a run in the playoffs, and got the job done there. So uh, uh, we're working on something. We're, we're, we're working on something to uh, get him a bit of a prize for there. And uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, maybe we'll unveil that uh, in the next week, uh, hopefully. Uh, once I get that all sorted out, but uh, shout out to our Discord community because uh, they're good at fantasy football. They're all right. Yeah, no, they they punked us. Yeah, we look like a bunch of chumps. Yeah, I think I'm seventh in the overall uh, uh, scores in the league out of twelve. Uh, out I think of that, second in leagues. points, like in both leagues we were in, it's wild. Well, that's how Adam feels in our NFL league oh, as well. So. Man. Uh, and the wonderful week continues because in the draft league, uh, with our preseason draft teams and tinkering rosters along the way, I have finally passed Mike uh, once again in the overall standings. 112-point week for myself. Uh, Trey, you had the second best at 79 points. Uh, Mike was at 60. Adam was at 52. 
and I have pulled ahead of Mike by 16 points with two weeks to go. And this is where it gets interesting because three teams on by and that each week really messes up these rosters. Yep. Uh, but you know, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what we got to do. You know, uh, got to go for the championship. Do I care about keepers for next season? Heck no. Uh, <laughs> fire sale the whole team if I have to, to win in the next two weeks. Uh, but, uh, excited to see how that plays out. And, uh, I think you're firmly in third at this point. Yeah. Adam's going to yeah. catch you. That being said, watch him somehow catch you in the final two weeks of the season. Uh, make it interesting, at least hopefully. Yeah, it seems like our fantasy league is like the actual CFL. It doesn't really make, matter much, right? So, except for that one matchup at the top of the stands. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I want to beat Mike so bad. Yeah, well, that's me in NFL football, man. I want to beat him so bad. So we'll try to both beat him this week. Okay. Yeah, yeah deal, deal. Yeah. No, we'll break it all. Oh, we'll just crush his beard. Oh, and two. <laughs> <laughs> want that title you know yeah. as much as the the big podcast network win like like this is our league i ran the table with nathan rourke last season i i gotta run it back this year uh after some rocky rocky points of the season uh, yep. all right let's get into wrapping things up here today because it is that time as per usual um uh, where are the social media slides look at me being prepared not <laughs> a boy yeah there we go i'm crushing that one regardless it's not like what'd you say this is episode 170 something it's not like you've practiced this before ryan it's not like it's a it's not the practice side of things it's the lack of time to to make sure everything's up and running no it should uh, it should be Second nature, man. Yeah, I on. should just have a computer with this stuff running on it and then just never touch that in between episodes and then log in and have it all ready to go. Pretty much. That's you know what? That sounds pretty much just have a twenty-four hour a day, seven hours or seven days a week uh CF uh podcast like show channel. Are you, are you trying to kill me? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. no. That's the dream. If there weren't a million other things uh, on on the to do list, then uh, if life things in the way uh, as well, I would love to do this full time. Uh, but that's a dream. Uh, all right, let's wrap things up. Uh, we'll be back again next week, same time, same place. Last regular season preview of the year, uh, week twenty one. Uh, we'll talk through all the games that matter, all the games that don't. Uh, next week and then after that we'll start getting into playoff mode which is very very exciting uh in the meantime check out the discord community if you want extra chatter and content in between the episodes link is in the description for that uh you can follow us on x at cf countdown pod or on facebook.com slash cf countdown pod to interact with us there you can find me on twitter at cooper trooper 42 Mike is also there at Mike Garrell. Adam's there at Adam Stewart One. And Trey, where can people find everything you've got going on? On the X, you can find me at Trey Harness Link. Um, yeah. I haven't been tweeting much lately. I don't know much to tweet about. I don't know. I haven't had anything to complain about, so I guess that's good. That's yeah. good. Or yeah, come chat with me on there or the Discord this weekend. We got football, both leagues, UFC this weekend. I'll probably talk some horses. It's near the end of the season, so crazy stuff happens sometimes. So a lot of money to be made out there. So yeah, come check me out there or the Discord. 
the Jets will probably do something that disappoints you. I laughed so good when I saw that they lost 5-1. And <laughs> stupid me took the I took a tie in that game. Why did I think that they would tie that? I don't know. <laughs> what? Oh, because a tie in hockey is if it goes to overtime. Oh. Okay. So you get the tie and then it doesn't matter. So I took it. Ah, there'll be a thought it would be that, you know. Rich, I've had this I've had this mic for was something wrong with my mic? <laughs> I've had this mic for ever. No, I think he just likes the placement of it. It looks oh, the good looks professional. I'm still rocking my uh, twenty dollars headphones here. Yeah, well, because I kind of get to do this as a job all the time, but I have to talk about horses, man. I'm getting sick of looking at horses. Let's just move on. All right, whatever podcast platform you're listening on, we appreciate if you do all the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show. We always appreciate that. Uh, On behalf of Trey, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.